Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Well, hello and welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast preparing you for worship at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael, and I'm with my co-host and friend, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Michael? Man, I'm good, and it's exciting to be back yet again for yes. another episode of Pre-Service. We just keep going, brother. Just mm. keep digging into God's Word. I'm, I imagine, and I hope, that we have some people that are with us for the first time. Talk That's a little you. bit about what this project is all about. Yeah, so what we've been doing is we're attempting to bring some other people in. Michael and I have talked at many different times about different passages of Scripture that have been preached here at our church. And so one of the things we're looking to do is in completing the circle and bringing everything kind of in, we're working on the pre-service. We're looking at the Scripture that's going to be preached this upcoming weekend in many services. Uh, and we're just discussing some of the things that stand out. We're following a method. That, that our pastors like to use, yeah. uh, the SOAP method. Yeah. Uh, and we, we're doing a little bit of observation on the passage. We're going to read the scripture, do some observation, and uh, hopefully it encourages you to spend time in God's word. Uh, yeah, yeah. So before we get into Psalm 51, which is our passage for the night, we're going to talk a little bit more, as Kevin was just saying, about the SOAP Bible study method that our pastors use. Uh, last episode, we talked about the first two parts of SOAP, and that's an acronym, S-O-A-P, the S for scripture, O for observation, A for application, and P for prayer. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that A and that P are. Again, I think we said this, but to say it again, if you if this is your first time with us or if you missed the last episode, go back and listen to that to get yeah. an introduction to the first part of this Bible study method. And, and truly, Kevin, as, as we talked about last week, this is a method that's not just for the Psalms. You can use this no. for every yes. uh, every passage of Scripture, every book of the way. Bible, every chapter. Yeah, it's a great way to get to know it better. So the A, again, stands for application. And, and when you're when you're considering application, what do you what do you glean from this passage? How do you apply it to your life? Consider things like is there a command to obey? Is there an example in the passage to follow? Is there a principle to apply? And maybe there's a promise in that that you can claim. Is there a sin to avoid? And I think, Kevin, as we go through today's, we're going to see a number of application points that these questions and others, you don't want to limit it to just these questions, but others you could ask right. that you'll be able to pull from Psalm 51. And then finally, P stands for prayer. And, you know, just pray about the passage. I mean, I don't want to overcomplicate it. You just pray about the passage. What would God have you do in response to what you have learned. You know, what is your I will statement? You know, mm, because yes. I have spent time in this this week, I will dot, dot, dot. And telling the Lord that yeah. that's what you're going to do, committing yeah. yourself to him and to that. That is, that's part of it. And, and here in the A and the P session, we really see a personalization. Yes. So, you know, when you do observations, we're going to share observations and hopefully that's part that spurs you on to do your own, gives you some examples, encourages you, maybe even excites you. Sometimes 
we can't get excited when <laughs> we're talking about God's word. Uh, I but, love it. But the application and the prayer, those can be very, very personal. And it's not like you're going to be the only one who has a particular application, but it's personal to you. Mine is personal to me, Michael's to yeah. him. But uh, I, I think that that is really where we turn it from. It's uh, it's God's word to everyone to it's yeah. God's word to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's jump into, let's take a moment and read Psalm 51. Kevin, you want to read that for us let's tonight? Let's do it. And I'm reading from the ESV. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then... I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings, and in whole burnt offerings. The bulls will be offered on your altar. Kevin, this is one of those psalms that has been very meaningful to people throughout the centuries. I think one of the more familiar psalms of the 150. Yes. And, um, you know, as I've shared with you, one of the, you know, my histories of, if you don't have any histories of the Christian faith, here's a guy that, that I would encourage you to get to know if you're not familiar with him. His name is Charles Spurgeon. He lived back in the 1800s, uh, a British Baptist pastor. And, and, and Spurgeon wrote a massive commentary on the Psalms called The Treasury of David. And, and in that, when he's talking about this Psalm, Psalm 51, he talks about how, now, uh, Spurgeon, he could pull more out of a verse and say more about a verse of scripture than anybody I've ever read or I've ever been exposed to. I just love to, to read this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah. But when he came to Psalm 51, he really struggled. He talked about how he would sit down and try to write and then just get up and go somewhere else and sit down again and get up. He just had a hard, hard time just putting pen to paper to yes. write about this psalm. And, and here's something he says about this. He says, he says that such a psalm like Psalm 51 may be wept over, it may be absorbed into the soul and ex exhaled again in devotion, but commented on? Ugh, 
Where is he who, having attempted it, can do other than blush at his defeat? Yes. I hope it's we're not powerful defeated passage. by our attempts to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, but we may not oh, man. do any better. I don't know, <laughs> but I certainly have been blessed by just reading this psalm and spending yes. time. A couple of years ago, Kevin and I spent time just meditating on this psalm together and memorizing it. I don't remember how many years ago that was. Oh, it's it's been uh, several. But it was just such a, a joy yeah, to yep. just spend that time in this psalm and as uh, as we get into this, I think it's important to note um, who wrote this psalm and why he know, wrote it. Yeah, now, we talked about this in an earlier episode, but but Kevin, again, let's go back. Yeah, so so David, uh, David the king of Israel. Um, if you go back to Second Samuel chapter eleven and twelve, is the passage that you can read the history that actually occurred. So David is king, and and he ends up. Uh, choosing to commit sin, uh, he commits both adultery and murder. He conspires to have one of his soldiers who's devoted to him murdered because he committed adultery with the soldier's wife and she became pregnant. He thought he'd gotten away with it for a period of time until the Lord sent one of his prophets, Nathan, to come and confront David in his sin. And when he does, David has the same kind of reaction that Sadly, I know I have at times, and I think a lot of people share in this, he has a righteous indignation. Mm -hmm. So Nathan tells him a story about a man who raised a lamb in his house, and it was personal. He, he kept that as a pet, not as something to eat, to raise for food or for clothing. And then another man who had many sheep, came and saw that one lamb. And because he had a visitor coming into his house, he took that lamb from the poor man, slaughtered it, and served it to his guest. Nathan, in a righteous fit of anger, I'm not Nathan, but David, in a righteous fit of anger, speaks out and he says, that man should die. He'll repay fourfold to that poor man. And Nathan immediately says, you are the man. And Bathsheba was the woman. You've committed this sin. And David was suddenly caught out before the Lord. He could no longer hide his sin. And if, if you go back to 2 Samuel 11 and 12, you can see that passage. But the beauty that we get isn't just that this happened and we know about it. We don't just hear the story. We turn to Psalm 51 and we see David pouring out his heart to the Lord, confessing, not holding anything back. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing where he says, I'm going to equivocate. I'm going to I'm going to say, well, but Lord, she was really good looking or Lord, you got to understand <laughs> this was my area. You of don't sin. get a pass. on. Yeah, you don't get a pass on it. No. He, so so when Nathan confronts him, he's broken hearted because he knows he's broken the Lord's heart. Yeah. And uh, so let's let's go yeah, back. to Psalm 51. Yeah. And, and and so. I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time studying the Mosaic Law just in depth, though there are a bunch of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I do know— but there are at least two, right? There here. are at least two that he yes. broke that there is no provision for forgiveness yeah. in the Mosaic Law. One is murder. Yes. And the other is adultery. And, and he did both He those. did both of them, and yes. he knows that the Mosaic Law does not give him grace, doesn't give him yeah. an out. And so he stands convicted— Yes. Before the Lord, and He knows it, and He knows it, and and with and, nothing to do, He can't go to the He can't go to the tabernacle, yeah. and do anything about this. Yeah, there's no penance, there's yeah. no 
there's just, and so he knows that he's in a fix. And so the only thing he can do is turn to God for mercy. Yes. Just to find mercy in God. There it is in the first verse. There it is in the first verse, that, that word mercy right there. Abundant. Yeah. And so in verses one and two, you read about that. You read about how, how David um, describes his sin. He uses three different words. He talks about sins as being a transgression that where he's, you know, which, which means he's crossed a barrier, a boundary boundary that's just, it's been forbidden. You can't do that. Here's the line. You went over it. That's to transgress, to cross over something you shouldn't. He talks about it in terms of an iniquity uh, you know, which is in a per, a perversion. Yes. Of, of the, the relationship, the rightness. He he's taken something that is right. Yeah. And yeah. used it in the wrong way. And then he just talks about sin. You know, falling yes. short. And all of these words he's using to describe the state that he's in. Yes. And and he's basically begging God to have mercy on this. And so as you go through this psalm, you'll read his heart, you'll read his emotion, you'll read his, and this is, this is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago as we, we compared the Psalms and the, the poetry of the Psalm, understanding the heart of the writers to the narrative. So as you said a couple of weeks ago, how you have the story, which, which in many ways we know more than the, those who are actually Oh yeah, yeah. We, in we get it from a, a totally different perspective. Yeah, the, the Lord gives us visibility. Bird's eye view to Absolutely. see the whole thing. And but, we have it from historical perspective, yes. not just what's in the word of God. Yeah. We we know more things about the history. So yeah. that, but that can seem kind of clinical almost. Yeah, well, that's yes, I know something. I can memorize things about it. I can know things about it. But I tell you what, you can't know about Psalm 51 without repentance. Yeah. You you can't know this passage. You can't know what it's like to go to a God and pour out your heart and be brokenhearted. Yeah. And not get this passage. Yeah. Because it's not about poetry. It's not about words. Yes, it's poetry. Yes, it's words. But this is all of our hearts. This we you know if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know that you've gone to the Lord and you've said, I can't measure up. Yeah. Your your standard of holiness is so much more than I am. And I've fallen short. And there is a joy, a release. There yeah. is a, a sense of beauty in knowing how loved we are and how great is God's mercy that yeah. it just washes away our sin because of Jesus' sacrifice. Yeah. And this is what what David was looking for. He was looking for yes. that mercy, looking for that forgiveness. And, and you know— Verse ten really stuck out to me in my in my it's, reading yes. this week in my studies and and this is a song a psalm a verse in in Psalm fifty one that that I've I've said so many times I've sung it in praise yes. choruses and et cetera et cetera et cetera et cetera but but what stood out to me this week uh, maybe more so than any other time in in reading and looking at this is that word create. And that word create there is actually the exact same word in the Hebrew used all the way back in Genesis for creation when when it talks about how in the beginning God created yes. the heavens and the earth and how God created that, uh, what what theologians call ex I can't say ex nihilo. It, say yeah. it right, but what he yeah. said, ex nihilo. <laughs> out of means nothing. Out of nothing. He yeah. created, uh, forget the big words, he created out of nothing. Here I tried to sound impressive. Or, or fiat creation, right? Fiat <laughs> creation. Yeah, he, he made it from nothing. He, he spoke made it, it from nothing. And, and, and so, a miraculous. And you think about all that includes. Oh. I mean, you think about all of the 
from the from the stars from to the trees to the smallest yes. insects in the subatomic particles. And There's everyone, nothing we've ever found out that the Lord didn't know because He's the one who set it in motion. Yes, and every everything one is unique. Yes, every you say here's a bug, here's a bug, but they are so unique in in features. And God did all that. That's yes. the creation that we read about in Genesis. And that is what David is looking for in his heart. He's looking for a recreation yes. that he can't do on his own. He needs God Miraculous. to take this and make it into something new. Again, we're not talking about the physical heart, per se. Um, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about uh, I think it's Paul David Tripp who's, who said the causal core of who we yes. are. It's it's that that part of us that lives in relationship or rebellion yes. to God. And David has been in rebellion, and he's looking to have relationship restored. And so he says, "Lord, create in me what only You can do—a clean heart." Yes, he understands. Like we said, he can't go do a thing yeah. to achieve what he needs. He is totally dependent yeah. on the Lord. Yeah, and so the depths, the depths of that word create, I guess is, you know, all that to His say cry, is, yeah. is what, what really stuck out to me. The depths of what it means to have a heart created, a new heart created. Man, Mine, I, I get down to 17, and this is the crux. There are so many things in God's Word that are beautiful to read. We read them and we say, wow, that is the God of creation, mm. The, the one who sits on the throne, who is surrounded by beings constantly being worshipped, and he is entirely do that. That is his nature, to be holy and beautiful. And, and that being says so many things about himself and about me, and those are great. But I read this and I say, this verse is the crux of my relationship with God. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. That is, to me, the core of how we come to God. He, he will not turn us away if we come with a broken spirit. Um, you know, we, we've said before, I don't know that we said on this podcast, but we come empty-handed. Mm -hmm. The only thing we come with is, are we repentant over our sin? Are we broken over our sin? Are we at the end of ourselves and seeking the one thing that can be given to us in mercy, right? That That is how we come to him, is asking him, would you please forgive me? And, and this passage uh, about the broken spirit, the contrite heart, um, that that's humbling. That That is yeah. just a very humbling place to find oneself. But that's the nature of our relationship with God, to understand He's the creator, we're the creation. Yeah. We've departed from Him, not the other way around. Right. He is dependable, He is steadfast, He's faithful. And this passage to me just speaks to my heart. Um, you know, and broken, broken is such a, a deep word. Um, I think in, in our culture, when we think about having our heart broken, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just an emotion. It's a feeling. You feel kind of right. sad about something. Oh, that but that means heart. that time you, know? you, you go through something. Yeah. yeah. But this is talking about something different, much different, much yes. deeper. You know, you can, you know, some, some synonyms, some parallel words. When you look uh, in your, in your Bible dictionary to broken would be a crushed. Yes. A destroyed. Yes. Heart, where, Utterly. Where what hopeless. is in you 
has to be removed, going back yes. to the other verse, and and humbled and contrite. Yeah, contrition is is key. That that's just the nature of it. We have to not think that there's anything else left for us. We come to him looking entirely to him. And we, I think I think you have to get to a point in your relationship with the Lord where you experience that. Yes. And, and I don't at know what that point. means for you. Yeah, I, at some I mean, point I, that. I know you've experienced that. I know I've experienced that uh, at different points. But at some point, we all have to get to that point yes. to really understand the depths of what that means, to understand that there is nothing we bring to the table. Nothing. That that our world collapses yes. before the Lord. There's what we think we our world have. is is truly nothing. Yes. Paul said, I count it as nothing, right? I count all these things that are good, and uh, but we come to a place where we understand that that construct, that thing that I think is my world and is so important, it, it doesn't, at the base level, at, at the end of everything, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't value. It doesn't produce anything for me. I'm entirely dependent on Him. Now, that's not to say there aren't a lot of things. Sure. God God tells us a lot of things that are good, and certainly when He made Adam and Eve, He made creation. Yeah. He said, it's good, it's good, it's very good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so there is good because it flows from Him, but in this place, when it's down to me, and God, this is the passage that just speaks to my heart. It yeah. says, you know, this is the nature of who he is and who you are. And I just realize how much he loves me. Yeah, I'm made in his image. And, and you know what we find throughout the Old Testament is over and over again, the people of Israel would try to bring to God sacrifices without yeah. a contrite heart. They would try to do a thing yes. before God. Produce something. And, right. and, and hopes that that's going to work it work out in the end. And, and God would say over and over again, he says, I desire obedience yes. over sacrifice. And what David concludes this Psalm with, he says, then, you know, once my heart has been broken and contrited yeah. and, uh, and humbled before the Lord, and you do the work in me that you desire to do, God, once then, all that happens, yeah. then you're going to delight in, in right the, sacrifice. Yeah in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Those are the things that we can provide and do right. before the Lord. So out of obedience, out of, out of joy, not, not thinking we're going to produce a thing. Yeah. 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 So as you're preparing for worship this week, here's some things that you can think on. You know, some of the things that we said, here's some things you can ponder over and, and meditate on. Uh, we would encourage you to read this passage a few times. Yes. Um, between now and whenever you attend worship. Lots of observations here. Lots and lots of observa observations. Um, consider some application in your own life. And, you know, within that, within those observations, within that application, consider what is in your life that you need to lay before the Lord and say, God, I, I bring this to you and I, and I, I ask you to work the same kind of work you did in David in my life. Yeah. What's going on in your life? Because, I mean, we all got stuff. Oh, I got yeah. stuff, you got stuff, you got stuff. And before we come to worship, there are some things that we can do to help us prepare for worship this weekend. Yes, And we do hope to see you this weekend. We hope that you'll uh, be a part of either our Saturday service at 6 o'clock at Bonnie Oaks uh, or at— Several of the Sunday services— yeah, here at Bonnie Oaks, North Ultawa, downtown at St. Elmo. Yep, they're everywhere. We got yeah. Creekside services. We got we got we got services. We also have online services, 9 30 and 11. I'd love for you to join us there. We'll be there. And all. And hey, listen, if you're looking for a resource to help you in your studies, we've talked about this every week. Don't want to forget this week. No. 
This is, for those of you that are listening to it, I don't think we actually said what it was. Well, we should. That's true. (laughs) For those that are just listening, but this is uh, 40 Days in the Psalms by T.J. Betts. Uh, It's uh, published by BH Publishing. And um, listen, if you'd like to get a copy of this and you're like, "Eh, I just, I'm not able to, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. Now, again, this only goes through Psalm 50. This is Psalm 51. So this won't serve you too well for this one. Just missed. But but it's very good. It's it's a good, uh, enjoyable devotional that that gets you into God's word. It doesn't replace His word, but it's something to use alongside His word, and it can spark some of those observations. Um, yeah, yeah, really and good resource. Absolutely, and be sure to like and subscribe. Yes, whatever podcast provider, and don't forget spend time in God's word and enjoy the Lord this week. hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a six-week sermon series called Jesus in the Midst. John chapter 13 and 14 record Jesus's final words to his disciples in the upper room. They are about to enter the darkest moment in history and Jesus shares with them the essentials of what they need to walk through them. You know, the things they needed in the midst of their darkest hour are the same things we need in ours. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. Lastly, there are so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing at Silverdale. We really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on all our different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.